All right. We're spending the next several weeks in the book of. Huh? What is that? That's in the Bible? Zechariah. All right. What's our, what's our memory tip? Go to Matthew and go backwards, right? Go backwards from Matthew and you get to Malachi. Go backwards from Malachi and you get to. But pastor, I don't know where Matthew is. You on your own. I ain't going to help you find Matthew, all right? You find Matthew, go backwards, and let's get to Zechariah chapter number four. That's where we are. Zechariah chapter number four for the reading of God's word. Y'all hear any pages? Hmm. It means one or two things. Everybody has found Zechariah. Well, a bunch of y'all know how to fake. (laughs) Zechariah chapter 4. Either one's fine, okay? And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me. As a man that is wakened out of his sleep. The angel that talked with me came what? Now, now, why did he come again? Because this is a series of visions that God is giving to Zechariah, and he's coming back again. In other words, saying, yeah, God's already told you some stuff, but God's got some more to tell you. Aren't you glad that he's not done talking to us? And said unto me, Zechariah 4, verse number 2, what seest thou? And I said, I've looked, and behold, a candlestick of all gold with a bowl, with a, with a bowl upon the top of it, and his seven lamps thereon, and seven pipes to the seven lamps which are upon the top thereof, and two olive trees by it, one on the right side of the bowl, and the other on the left side thereof. So I answered and spake to the angel, and talked with him, saying, What are these, my Lord? Then the angel that talked with me answered and said unto me, Knowest thou not what these be? And I said, No, my Lord. Then he answered, spake unto me, saying, this is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. Say it who? Let the church say amen. amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. Do what you do in and through the service today. May we have ears to hear, hearts to listen. If somebody in the building doesn't know Jesus, might today be the day that one comes to a saving knowledge of the truth. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. By way of review, our Bible has two testaments, the Old and the New Testament. The Old Testament finishes with the section of prophecy. That section of prophecy is divided into two sections, major and minor prophets. We said last week that the major prophets are not more important. The minor prophets are not less important. The major prophets are simply prophets that God inspired to write larger portions of Scripture. And the minor prophets, smaller portions of Scripture. Ultimately, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. The book is good, all of it. Genesis, Revelation. 
So of the 12 minor prophets, nine of them wrote before the Jews went to Babylon. Remember, they went to Babylon because they disobeyed God and God allowed them to be captive by wicked people. God emboldened, God strengthened, God aided bad people to get the people who were supposed to be good to do right. Now watch this now. You don't want to live bad because when you live bad, God might have to help bad people get you to start living good. Nothing good about Nebuchadnezzar, nothing good about Babylon, no temple, they were profane, they were immoral, they were full of idolatry, and yet God is strengthening them to get his people in check. Ladies and gentlemen, the moment you accept Christ as your Savior, the moment the Holy Ghost lives inside of you, the moment you become a recipient of the Word of God, the moment the Holy Spirit opens your eyes by way of illumination to understand what you read in the Word of God, the moment you learn truth, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Unto whomsoever much is given, of him much shall be required. When you come to church you're not just filling a pew you're not just getting your name counted in the roll you're not just sitting and seeing somebody you meet you're not just punching the clock for the day you're not just getting your fill of religion religion when you come to church you are learning truth and when truth is deposited into your heart you are accountable for it so God expected more out of Israel than he did out of Babylon And God expects more out of you than he does your neighbors that don't know the Lord. More out of you than he expects those that don't have a church. More out of you than he expects of those who are not sitting in sound Bible teaching churches. It's good to brag on going to a good church, but it's not good to brag on it if you're not going to be a good Christian. And so Israel is in captivity because of their sin, and God sends them into Babylonian captivity. Nine of these minor prophets are going to write before the captivity. Three are going to write afterwards. We are looking in the prophecy of Zechariah. He's one of the three that writes afterwards. In other words, Israel goes to Babylon, spends 70 years, and now a remnant of them has come back to Jerusalem. They left a place one way. They came back to a place another way. The temple is destroyed. The walls are broken down. They are in ruins. You read the book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah talks about those walls that were broken down. Haggai comes and he gets the people to build the temple. They start building the temple, but by the time Zechariah comes, 50 or 60 years or so later than Haggai, the people that started building had stopped building. How many of you know just because you start right doesn't mean you finish, right? And so they needed somebody to tell them the truth. Let's be honest, folks. Sometimes we're doing good things, but we get tired while we're doing good things, and we need somebody to come alongside of us and say, don't you get tired doing the right thing. Galatians 6, 9 is my life verse. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Listen to me. One of the biggest vices that Satan uses in these days, especially living in a busy area like the metropolitan areas, is to use fatigue as an excuse for us not to do I don't feel like doing it. I don't feel like going. I don't feel like reading. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like giving. I don't feel like doing right. Not feeling like it is never an excuse not to do the right thing. It is God which works within you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. As long as you're living off of your strength, you'll run out. As long as you're living off of God's strength, it never runs out. And so the problem was not that they didn't have energy. It's that they were drowning in apathy. They became careless. Nonchalant. It's, It's the spirit of the church in this day and age. It's the Laodicean church. It's, 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 the, it's the spirit of contentment. Not like Philippians 4, but I, like I'm fine where I am. So the man of God, Haggai is, is down on the ground. Zechariah, if you will, is the one with his head in the clouds. Getting a message from God. 
They're battling discouragement, opposition. They have poor crops. They've got a bad economy. They are disobedient as people. They have assistance from friends that is weak. They've got resistance from enemies that are strong. They've got a perfect storm for quitting. Don't you? Come on now. You want to have a competition? Have a competition? Let's have a trial competition. Oh, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. Well, listen to me. Somebody going to one-up you. There's nobody in this room that ain't going through something. If you are, don't tell nobody because you will. Won't you tell somebody they're going to punch in your face, all right? Because then you're going to be going through something. Everybody's going through something. I mean, somebody said you're in a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're headed for a storm. Truth of the matter is we're always in some kind of a storm. And sometimes we think that God gives us a pass on Christianity because we're going through trials. Except in the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so he's going to come to them and say, you can get the job done. Why? God remembers. And God has a future for you. Israel had gone through captivity and the stench of the Babylonian captivity and now what they were witnessing in Jerusalem caused them to think maybe the best days are behind us. I hear so many Christians say, back in the day, I remember when I, and it used to be, we listened to me. I believe in 2023, these are the best days to serve God, best days for our church, best days to read the Bible, best days to win people to the Lord. I know there's all kind of sin and laws and craziness and foolishness is going on in our world, but I still believe this is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it and that our future is bright, not because of us, but because of God. You can build the temple. You can get back to work. You can have a bright future. Your present problems do not have to overwhelm your potential. God is for you and who can be against you? You can rebuild the temple and finish the work of God. Look at me. I'm looking at every Christian in the building. I don't care how bad the world is. You can live for God. You can raise your family. You can have a good marriage. You can do right in a wicked world. You can have joy in the midst of sorrow. You can have peace in the midst of the storm. You can have everything God's intended for you. You can live the will of God. You can walk the word of God. You can live in the spirit of God. You can accomplish things. You can be going to heaven and people can tell you're headed there. You can win people to the Lord. Young people, you can stay pure until you get married. You can wait until God's choice of your man. There's nothing in the Bible that you've been commanded to do that you cannot do. Everything God wants you to do, you can do. If you believe that, say amen. But you can't do it by your might. You can't do it by your power. You got to do it by his spirit. So, so Zechariah is challenging the people of God in an area that is going to be a challenge until Jesus comes. And that is channeling our efforts to the right power. Because the struggle for us is we have the spirit, but we also have a flesh. Raise your hand if the flesh gets on your nerve. If it doesn't, you're in trouble. Paul's, Paul, Paul, I think he's the best Christian in the Bible. He said, in his flesh dwelleth no good thing. What do you think dwells in yours? Some of you look like, man, Paul, if your flesh messed up, what do you think mine looked like? Same. Listen, listen, listen. Now, I hate to bust your little dressed up flesh, but there's not a sin possible to mankind that your flesh cannot commit. Oh, Pastor, now I know I'm a sinner, but there's just some stuff that's just beneath me. You just hang around long enough, you'll find your way down there. 
except for the Spirit of God. This I say then, tell us, Paul, walk in the Spirit, proceed in the Spirit, move forward in the Spirit, go down the direction in the Spirit, set your pace in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not feel the lust of the flesh. Isn't that what it said? You shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, the flesh is going to want you to do something, but you don't have to do what it wants you to do. Amen. By my spirit. Let's look very quickly today at just the first section of this chapter. Living by his spirit, living by my spirit, if God's speaking, living by his spirit, if we're speaking. What happens in Zechariah chapter 4? Let's see what happens with him and see if it can happen with us. Number one, the preparation of the servant, the preparation of the servant. There is a spiritually, uh, spiritual awake, spiritually awake individual here. Look at verse number one. And the angel that talked with me came again and waked me. Isaiah 1, 4. The Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. He wakeneth me morning by morning. He wakeneth, uh, my, uh, wakeneth me my ear to hear as the learned. Aren't you glad that God knows how to take a sleep individual and wake him up? Somebody say amen. I tell you what's happened among Christian people. They've gone to sleep. We've fallen asleep. The world's so wicked, we've just gotten so used to it. Anybody here ever used to be a light sleeper and you just kind of worked your way out of it? Could I submit to you that you probably aren't a light sleeper anymore because you had noise near you that you couldn't get rid of. So without even trying, you got used to it. Now you sleep through it. See, see, we're creatures of habit. What used to wake us up may not wake us up anymore if we've heard it so much. We see, see, when you can sleep through something, it means you're comfortable with it going on and being asleep. Sometimes we're driving out of town and everybody in the car will be asleep and just resting and just me and Jesus. And uh, every once in a while, you know, the car will make a sound. I don't know why it does that, but it doesn't do it all the time, but every once in a while, and my wife will wake up, get back on the middle of the road, get back on the road, what are you doing, are you, are you sleepy, and I so graciously will say to her, like a loving husband, honey, You've been asleep the last couple of hours. We have been at the pit of hell a couple of times. You slept through it. We almost died. The tractor trailer flipped over, hopped over our car, bounced back over. God lifted us up right at the exact moment. And here we are moving on because of miracles. Go back to sleep. <laughs> oh, here's my favorite one. Honey, you need me to drive? <laughs> like that? <laughs> Honey, just keep praying for me. Uh, she won't go to sleep when she ride with nobody else. 
She's, you know, you know, she's used to her husband. Till the car started making noise. <laughs> something with the tires. I'm something, something with it. Hey, listen, hey, listen to me. There was a time in your spiritual sensitivity where what's going on in the world woke you up. Now you're sleeping through it. There must be someone that is spiritually awake. Listen, listen, there is a spiritual awakening that happens here. Hey, 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 listen to me. Zachariah, God is getting ready to speak. Zachariah, God is getting ready to tell you something. Zachariah, God is getting ready to show you something. Listen, this is deep, but I think you can handle it in this church. It doesn't matter how good the information is. It ain't going to help you if you ain't awake for it. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's 2023, and there are a lot of voices that are speaking that need to be muted, but I want to tell you something. God is not mute. He is speaking. He is addressing. There is a word from the Lord. The problem is the culture of the Christian is to be asleep, and the angel said, I'm getting ready to tell you something. I'm getting ready to show you something. You're getting ready to learn something. You're getting ready to write something, and the ages of time will record what you write down, but before you write it down and receive it, Wake up. And I say to the church of God today, if you're in your Christian life falling asleep while the world uh, popularizes immorality and insensitivity and idolatry, fall asleep while Christianity gets bamboozled by new age thinking and agnosticism and atheism and and watch our young people that have grown up uh, uh, accustomed to the truth be swept away by these cults and these winds of doctrine. And you want to lie asleep and act like your biggest problem is balancing your checkbook. Ladies and gentlemen, your biggest problem is the spirit spiritual warfare that is going on, going on all around us. You ain't preaching hard if you ain't knocking something over. But listen to me. You, you've got to understand that there's something going on and the child of God may not be able to stop it. But when I can't stop the bad, I better listen to someone who's speaking good spiritually <clears throat> awake. He wake me. Verse number two. Surrendered attention. Spiritual awakening. Surrendered attention. And a man wake me as a man has wakened out of his sleep. I said, I oh, know, what seest thou? So, 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 so thank goodness that Zachariah didn't take a long time to wake up. How I many you take a long time to wake up? I mean, be honest. Take a long. Thank, thank you, Brian. Somebody in here telling the truth. Some of them didn't hear me because they sleep. All right. <laughs> this, this, this is Zachariah. Hey, angel, what you see? Now, now, now look at him. Tell me if he wasn't attentive. A candlestick of old gold, a bowl on top of it, seven lamps thereon, seven pipes and seven lamps, which are upon the top thereof, two olive trees, one on the right side of the bowl, the other on the left side of the bowl. How in the world do you give an answer that descriptive unless you're attentive? Ladies and gentlemen, I would submit to you that we need to stop living so that our attention is arrested. And instead, we need to live in a way that our, our attention is surrendered. See, God's a gentleman. 
when he, when he wakes you up through a message, when he wakes you up circumstantially, when he wakes you up through the Holy Ghost of God, when he wakes you up some way, it ought to be, I want to hear what God has to say. God help us when we are more attentive for our favorite show, when we're more attentive for an athletic event, when we're more attentive for a musical concert. Let me just keep it right here. When we're more attentive for the choir or the music than we are for the preaching. It's all church, but ladies and gentlemen, when God is speaking, surrender your attention. So I'm asking you today, if you're spiritually awake, what do you see? What do you see God doing? How do you see God working? How do you see God moving? What, what, is, what is God doing? I would ask the child of God, a member of Crossroads Baptist Church, surely elementary Christianity should just assume that we're reading our Bibles. I mean, you've got to be a deep Christian to read your Bible. Shouldn't every Christian read his Bible? Every Christian. Watch this, watch this. Shouldn't every Christian read his Bible every day? Well, I need to read my Bible every day. Do you eat every day? Oh, I sure do. Three times a day and several snacks in between. How, how often do you eat spiritually? Amen. Some of you men would never miss the gym in the morning, but it's been a long time since you got your Bible. I would hate to be guilty of inequality. Some of you women too. Women go to the gym too, right? Nothing wrong with the gym. Bodily exercise profits little though. Godliness is profitable in all things. Having the promise of the life that now is and the life that is to come. See, you can work out in the morning and help your abs and help your, uh, help your biceps and triceps and stamina and, and your heart that pumps blood. But, but when you read your Bible, it'll help every area of your life. So my question to you is, if you're reading the Bible, that's assumed, right? What do you see? See, surrendered attention sees details. It's not abnormal for me to ask somebody, what have you been reading lately? What, what have you been reading lately? What have you, what have you been getting out of your Bible reading? What has God been saying to you? Not just were you in church. What did, what did God say to you? You came to church. You were awake. You heard the message. What did you see? How did you see God moving? I'm telling you, folks, it's a blessing to me that when I'm not here, I still get to see God working. These folks that are here today, these folks here to my right that are our guests here. Remember I told you that I went to a city in Virginia I didn't even know existed? Some of you are saying, which time, Pastor? Uh, recently, I was in Stevens City, Virginia, about a little bit of an hour uh, ago, away from here. And, and I, I've been in Virginia my whole life. I ain't even heard of Stevens City. I just put it in, the, in um, GPS. That's what it's called. And uh, it came up. So I said, I guess it is somewhere. Just drove. I'm out in the middle of the head of 7-Eleven. So I got, ran and got coffee and went down the road and, and so I'm walking in this school. I've never been to the school but a friend of mine who used to be an administrator in another school ended up at this school and all of a sudden I'm at this school and I'm walking into this school. I've never met these kids, never seen them before and we're going to have two days of spiritual emphasis. I'm going to speak to them four times. I walk into this room they've never seen me. I've never seen them. They start singing. They play games and then bam I'm up and I, I'm going to give what God gave me and I'm going to hope they take it. 
Well, I had one message and two messages and three messages and four messages. And I'm telling you, God came in there. We were supposed to have three, and it, three services turned into four, and the altars came down packed, and boys and girls. I'm talking about 2023 when the world said they're all crazy. Boys and girls left their seat, not forced, not required. They got up left their seat and said, God is doing something in my heart, and he's moving, and they made decisions for the Lord in 2023. Hear, hear me now, and I got to see it. Well, guess what happened? A couple of these guys say, well, we, we enjoyed it. We can come drive up to your church. So that's why they're here. They came drive to our church today. What a blessing. You know what? I get to see. No, 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 it's not a testament. It's not a brag on me. I'm just glad that I can open my eyes. Listen to me. Don't tell me God's not working. It's not that he's not working. It's just that we're not talking about it. We have an appetite for drama that's foolish, that's wicked, that's demeaning, that's degrading. When somebody does something wrong, we talk about it. Something does something good, we don't really want to talk about it. Listen to me. Somebody needs to get on the internet and blast something good every once in a while. Somebody needs to get on Facebook and blast something good every once in a while. Show me what God is doing, how he's moving. How his spirit is moving, how he's saving, how he's moving, how he's blessing, how he's changing, how he's healing, how he's reviving. I'm glad that he don't just wake me up to look at mess. He wakes me up to show me something he's doing. Spiritual awakening. Surrendered attention. This is where I'll close. Specific asking. So... I answered and spake to the angel that talked with me, saying, verse 4, What are these, my Lord? You ever been there? God ever talked to you? Look very interesting. Something you've never seen before. Clearly, clearly he was speaking. You knew it. I mean, you could describe what you saw. You could see the moving parts. You could, you could clearly see he was active. It was a problem. You know what it meant. God, you're moving in my life, but I can't, I can't put my head around. There's circumstances going, God, God I, know you're, I, I know you're at work because you said you are. And by the way, that ought to be enough to know he's at work. God does not have to qualify his credentials. In the beginning, God. I love that about the Bible. Boy, if I was writing the Bible and I was God, I'd have spent the first book explaining who I was, how I got here and all that. God said, I ain't explaining that. In the meeting, the Bible presupposes the existence of God. God does not have to qualify himself. He's not in time. Time didn't start till God made it. Before God made it, there was no time. Eternity past, go as far as you can go, keep on going, you ain't found God. Eternity future, go as far as you go, keep on going, you ain't found God. You say, I don't understand that. That's why you're you and he's God. And yet we see him working. God, I see you moving. I see you, I see you guiding. I see you, I see you saying. I hear you speaking. But I don't understand. Here's Zechariah giving us an example. Ask. What are these, my Lord? What are these? Here's where I'll close today. <clears throat> We're living in a desperation as the people of God in 2023. Here's where the child of God needs to get with God. You need to get so serious about serving God that you beg him for clarity until you get it. 
God is not the author of confusion. But God, you're working, but God, you're moving, but God, but, but, but God, I'm on this job, and I know I'm supposed to be on this job, but there's stuff happening that I can't figure out. And God, I'm trying to raise my children and nurture and admonition of the Lord, but there are things happening that just don't make sense. And God, I'm reading this book, and you tell me to read it, but I'm in the middle of Leviticus, and what in the world? What are these, Lord? What are these, Lord? Stop settling for serving God in confusion. You want scripture? You want scripture for it? Ephesians 5, 17. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Some of you in here, I know I'm supposed to do the will of God. I know I'm supposed to do the will of God. I know without a doubt the Christian is supposed to do the will of God. God wants me to do his will. I know it. I've said it. I memorized it. I repeated it. And nobody's going to move me on. Here's the problem. I don't know what his will is. Then I want to ask you, how many days this week did you go 24 hours and not one time ask him, God, what's your will? I don't know how to be a good husband. Then stop calling people around, try to ask them how to get a six-pack, and start calling God and ask him how to be a good husband. What are these? There's a candlestick, and there's bowls on top of the candlestick, and stuff coming out of the candlestick, and there's oil out there, and it's going into there, and these pipes, and all this stuff. You see them? Yeah, I see them. You know God put them there? Yeah, I know God put them there. Are you sure you see them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think it's a dream? Yeah, it's a dream, but God sent me on this dream. It's a beautiful candlestick, very nice and shiny, nice gold. Oil looks great. It's be a great emblem to put up on a picture, but I don't know what it means. Come on, Christian. We're all going to get to the place in our life where God says something to us or shows us something to us, shows something to us that doesn't make sense. You knock on heaven's door until it does. Because he is a God of clarity. He is. Come back the next day. Here I am again. I still don't know. I still don't know. By the way, pastor, what do I do? While I'm waiting for clarity, here's what you do. You keep doing that which you were clear about. Come on. If any man will do his will, he shall know the doctrine. Write it down. John 7, 17. If any man will do his will, he shall know that the biggest illuminator to the will of God is obeying the will you've already gotten. Stop asking God for more clarity when you're not obeying the clarity you already received. I don't know what God wants me to do on Monday. Well, you know what he wants to do on Sunday? Are you here? I can't figure out what Leviticus is all about. Obey Proverbs. And as I get light, I walk in light. As I walk in light, I qualify myself for more light. Now, now tune in next week or come back. Because Zechariah is going to get his question answered. And he is precedent. He is biblical precedent for all of us to say this. When I ask God questions for clarity to live for him, he doesn't disdain my questions. He will actually answer them. What a God. Our Father, we bless your name. Thank you for the times when it's been, God, what are these? What are these? What are these? What are these? What are these, God? 
What are you doing? What are you, how are you moving? God, how are you speaking? How are you directing? How, how are you operating? Oh, God, show me clarity in this passage. Show me clarity in this word. Show me clarity in this circumstance. Help me see you in this crisis. Thank you for being a clarifying God. Here's my last close. No one looking around. Pastor, I'm saved and I know it. I have Bible reasons to prove it. If you know that, would you, would you raise your hand? I'm clear about it. I'm saved and clear about it. I'm going to heaven. Would you put your hand up? God bless you. Pastor, I'm, I'm clear that I'm saved, but I want to live in such desperation for God's direction and will that I plead and demand clarity for all he's speaking and doing in my life. Pray for me that I'd, I'd be desperate for it and pray that God would give it to me. If that's you, would you put your hand up? God bless you all over the room. God bless you. Some of you are dealing with a past. You can put your hands down. Struggles, difficulties, trials, tests. Can't wrap your head around it. You have not because you ask not. Sometimes his answer is, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. I won't take it from you. I'll take you through it. But God shows Zechariah something, and he expects Zechariah to act on that something. So Zechariah says, if I'm going to act on it, I need to know what it means. Spend this week asking God, help me, Lord. One more question. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I do not want to go to hell. Listen to the question. Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm 100% sure I don't want to go to hell. Would you pray for me? Anybody like that? Would you raise your hand? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Anyone else besides this dear lady that raised her hand? Pastor, I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm 100% sure I do not want to go to hell. Would you pray for me? Anybody else like that? Slip in. God bless you, young man. God bless you. And we sure would be glad to help you. We'd like our leaders that are near these folks to, to make yourselves available to them. I would, I would never want someone to come across those Baptist church and want to know how to go to heaven and leave unsure. So we help them. Anyone else? I'm not sure if I died today, I'd go to heaven, but I'm sure I don't want to go to hell. Anybody else like that? Now, believer, why don't you talk to God right where you are? Say, God, keep leading me. Keep directing me. And, and by the way, why don't you surrender your attention so that when he does speak, you'll catch it. I've taught classes before and Half the class knew there was a test and half the class didn't. Now, you know what that means? If half of them didn't and half of them did, somebody wasn't listening. Because the half of them that did couldn't hurt unless I said it. Come on now, if we're going to go to class, we got to pay attention. These tests that we're facing right now in our life, don't let the test distract your attention. Now, Father, for what we've seen and heard, May Christ be magnified. 
And may we be edified as a result. In Jesus' name.